0: I'm Tan Le, and this is a podcast about noticing the obvious. In this episode, I'm talking to Tracy Tate. She is a coach and a counselor and a listener and a helper of business owners and entrepreneurs, She's from Scotland, but she's currently in Newcastle, England. We talk about business philosophy and business strategy and why it's useful for a business owner to get an external point of view and just the general stuff that I love, which is learning about ourselves. So let's go right into it. Here is Tracy Tate. How are you Tracy?
1: I'm fine. How are you today, Tom? Have a good I'm, morning.
0: Yes, I mean it's it's not as early here as, as it is for you cuz now it's 11:30. I'm 2 hours ahead of you. In yeah, Helsinki. It's half
1: 9 here in the in the UK. But these dark dark mornings make it feel takes a long time to kind of get yourself going.
0: Well, Maybe I really <laughs> I appreciate you doing that and I appreciate oh, you joining me so early. And I want to let me I want to say something. Um, I was born in Far East. I grew up in Manchester, England. And most people see me as a Manc as a Mancunian, but the one special place in my heart it's always been special is the place you are at right now and that's Newcastle so this is a really special conversation for me because all my best friends all my closest friends because I went to university there so all my closest friends are in Newcastle and I think you make the best friends when you're at university those are the friends you keep forever
1: you make for life well I'm, I'm very very lucky the fact that I moved to Newcastle for for a job um and I then had the, the, the very, very fortunate chance to go to uni uh, at Northumbria University when I was yes. actually working. So I know you experienced it as a full-time student and I experienced it as, let's just say, a, a mature student. Ah. Uh, but it, it was such a, such a fab time. And like you, I've still got friends that I made uh, mm. when I did my degree, even on a part-time Basis, it's it's an amazing thing in life to do if you can get the opportunity.
0: Yeah, it's so awesome. So me and Tracy went to the same university. I, we did, and it's a, such a special place for me. Could, uh, what year did you say you went? I went in '95.
1: Oh, I would have been after that. I was in the you know definitely the, like early 2000s
0: Okay, <laughs> I was but mid nineties. Yeah, I'm yeah, showing I'm my age gone. now.
1: Yeah. Oh, me too. Don't worry. <laughs> if, I, if I was a, a, a mature student, then back that. that kind to of gives some numbers away doesn't
0: it <laughs> so did you not do the full 18 years old student life
1: no what I, I did was um I had I, I loved school I loved learning and I still do It's something that I love to do every single day If there's something that I can learn I just it really lights me up um, but I didn't know what I wanted to do to be honest um so if I thought if I was to go to university that might sort of put me in a bit of a A a, a tunnel that I didn't know how to get out of so I thought you know I'll go and I'll experience work in life and see what bubbles up from there um and so I was I was I was lucky enough I got a job you know straight from from doing qualifications at school um went to work for the civil service was lucky enough to work in the centre of Edinburgh uh which is still one of my fave places in the world. And yeah, and so it was kind of, the seeds were probably sown very, very early on that I did want to be a business owner. I did want to work by myself. And and at the age of uh, 19, I spent a good few weekends going on a course to learn um, all about starting up a business and setting up a business. I had the beginnings of an idea. Not that that came to fruition, (laughs) if I can stretch anyone's imagination, but I think the seed was sown from quite an early age that I did want to work for myself at some point.
0: Wow. I want to ask about that, but before I do, can you quickly give me um, a little bit of intro on what you do right now?
1: Yeah, what I do right now is I work with people who are like me. I quit corporate land after having a fabulous time um, in corporate land. Those that have quit to set up their own businesses and They're very, very good at what they do, but when it comes to being a business owner, running a business, doing the marketing, understanding marketing, getting their head around how to get clients consistently, then that's where I step in and show them the ropes so that they can go on and have a fab business, enjoy the life that they want to lead.
0: Yeah. Uh, So would you call yourself a consultant?
1: I sometimes do. I mean, I will definitely sort of say I'm a business owner, but sometimes it feels like I'm a consultant. Sometimes I am a coach. Sometimes I am a trainer. Sometimes I'm a listener. Sometimes I'm a friend.
0: Therapist.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm a helper. I'm a problem solver. I'm just there to guide someone.
0: Excellent. Hey, um, let me quickly show you what I have. I don't know if (gasps) if this means anything to you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> do you remember you recommended this to me
1: yeah this is gonna be really weird because obviously people are listening it's yeah. like you know i on, this is really rubbish podcast <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, should we share what it was yes we, sh- we
0: should <laughs> well we build up the suspense first and then we explain no yeah. uh, tracy recommended this book to me and it's been an awesome read uh it's the it's amazing so teenage brain revealed blame my brain so, yeah. cause we spoke for the first time a few weeks ago and then you recommended this and I've been reading it. I haven't finished it yet, but and the reason I'm bringing it up now is because you're talking about helping and understanding and coaching and training. And do you find that it helps to understand human psychology in what you do?
1: Apart, yeah, I mean, I have actually done counseling qualifications um, and I've done coaching and NLP and hypnosis uh which have all they've all taught me some really really valuable lessons about myself
0: yes (laughs) about
1: and and I think when when you're in business or setting out on a new project the biggest I think for most people is is the biggest wake-up call is actually what's going on inside of them you know what thoughts are going on for them what feelings how they behave how they think so um I think what's great for me is that I've been in a position that a lot of my clients have been in. I've left, you know, corporate land. That's security. Maybe that being that go-to person. So from from being where they are now, it's really interesting when I'll say, "Oh, and what ha- you know, what about when this happens, or when you feel like that, or you know, you're in this situation and this happens, and when you get that moment when they'll, they'll sort of say to you or look at you." So how do you know that? Are you inside my thoughts? Are you inside my brain? That you know then that, you know, you are actually on, on to something. And, and us humans, you know, we're, we're amazing. We are absolutely amazing. And, you know, going back to the book, you know, Blame My Brain. M- my hubby is a teacher. He teaches teenagers. He's been surrounded by teenagers for the majority of his working life and you know we have a son who is is now 15 going on 27 at times i think and um, and to read that book was was brilliant to understand what was going on through his his head was was fabulous mm. absolutely fabulous and it helped us as parents a lot a
0: lot yeah let me ask you cuz this is a thought that always stops me from following the path that I want to follow, which is mm-hmm. one, you should treat people as individuals. Like you said, we're, you know, we're all, we're all wonderful. We're amazing. And everybody's different and everyone's unique. Yeah. That's one absolutely. path. But yes. then there's always number two and I can and I'm always torn. Number two is we're all the same. Our brains are the same. There's, there's a common behavior. Like if once you understand human behavior, you can apply it to everyone because we're all the same machine inside. Like that's how psychiatrists annoy people because it's like, you know, <laughs> textbook, like you're doing this because you're this and you're doing this because you're this. And you can't argue with them because we are textbook. We follow a certain pattern.
1: Yeah, we are a series of habits. Right. We're a series of stories that we tell ourselves.
0: Okay. We're a so, of beliefs. So then, my question is: When you're mm. dealing with an individual, how do you stop yourself from like just seeing them as category number fifty? not even. <laughs> there's probably not even that many. There's probably like four categories, yeah. and you are as type I mean, number three.
1: Yeah. So you're in box number four. So yeah. here's my cookie cutter solution. Right. Cookie how do you stop solution.
0: yourself from doing that?
1: Because everyone's I see everyone as an individual. Um, it's it's that person that's in front of me, that mm. human being that's in front of me. And and I think as well to go back to like you know, someone who learns, there are sort of th- sort of three key ways that people will learn. And it's learning how to apply what that person needs to, to, to get to take that lesson. So you will have, for example, some people who will very quickly drop the, the mindset, the habit, the fear, the worry, the stress that's stopping them from achieving what it is they want to achieve. You will have other people that take that little bit longer. So while, you know, someone may have a fear of doing something, mm. well, OK, well, here's six steps that's going to help you to do that. There will be someone who will very quickly look at those six steps and go, yeah, one nailed it, two nailed it, three nailed it, to get to six, right, I'm off to do that thing that that frightens me or that I could never get my head around before. There are some people who will jump from step one to step four to step two, back to step one. And so that cookie cutter doesn't work for them. You've got to be where they are to get them to where they want to be. And... And I think it's so easy for us to sometimes go, well, why don't you get it? Why don't you understand this? Because there's a process. But that process isn't always linear for one human being to another.
0: Yep, yeah, I, I see what you're saying.
1: So while we as educators, as teachers, as coaches, as counsellors, as listeners, might have that solution in our head, for us to just blurt out the order that we have been taught, it isn't right for that individual. So I guess what I'm saying is, it's about being heart-centered. For me, it's that holistic approach to that individual who's learning. We are not a manual. We are not a guide. We are not, you know, just a box of tricks that we can put in order and come out as finished products.
0: Mm. So
1: everyone, to me, is what um what, what the person that I have in front of me at that time.
0: Yeah. And I like what you said about how even though the steps are clear and it's probably the same steps for everyone, the thing is we don't all see the same and we're not all at the same stage. That's yeah.
1: What and I think what I've learned as well is that a lot of us feel that we have to do something. Before we can be that person that we are striving to be, and I've done it. I have worked with clients who have done that. There's this belief that you know, once I, you know, do enough things on social media to get a thousand followers, then I will be confident to believe that I can be a successful person. So it starts off with how you identify yourself as a person. And so, if you see yourself as always going to be a struggling business owner or a rubbish parent, you know, when we refer back to that blame your brain book. So it's who do I need to be that's going to allow me to do the things so that I can have what it is that I'm ultimately looking to achieve.
0: Cool. Now, the thing you told me last time about sharing, what I notice a lot of people and a lot of my business clients is people are reluctant to share because they, they always say, Um, well, who am I to share this knowledge? Who am I to be telling other people how to do certain things? How can we share to our peers or even people who are doing better than us? And you said the key word that stuck in my head and it was really simple. You said, teach. And if you think of it as teaching, it makes it easier because you're teaching something that you know how to do that somebody else might not, and you can't assume everybody else knows what you know. So that really helped me. Um, how do you see that? Like, do you like, do you think everybody has something to teach? Awesome,
1: oh, uh, absolutely. There's always something that we can learn every single day from another human being, or even if we just sort of take a moment to to stop and look at what's going on around us, then. Yes, there's always something that you can you can learn. I know this is probably going to go slightly off on tangent, but a few weeks ago, I took myself away for, for three days by myself to a, a lovely little village on the east coast of Scotland. And what was great was it was the the, the, the coast. I love being by the coast. It's my go-to place. And one, th- one thing I really wanted to do was to get up really early in the morning to watch the sun come up. And so I did. I got up really super duper early. It was pitch black. Uh got my little torch and walked to a point on on a cliff that looked out onto onto the sea. And it was just amazing. And I just watched the sun come up. And as the sun was coming up, the birds were, you know, sort of flying. And then this little fishing boat went past. And I was like you know my goodness, I thought at that time in the morning, there's going to be no one around. Mm. I'm literally going to have this place to myself. And I saw this little fishing boat go past and they were working at like half past six in the morning. And I thought, do you know, I, I can make these assumptions as, as, as often as I want, but there's always something going on around me that's going to surprise me. You know, the the boat, the birds, the way that the sun came up. I walked along the beach and I noticed that, you know, there was like footprints of a a, a person and their dog. You know, they saw saw the footprints there. And even just sort of taking that time out taught me that slow down sometimes. You know, that was a lesson for me. And I didn't go out with the intention of being taught that on that morning. But, it you know, it certainly gave me a, a moment to kind of hold on to um, but to kinda of go back to your sort of say your your less asking your question about teaching, there's always something because people don't know what they don't know. Mm. And when you know, when we've been talking to people, you, you kinda of think, Oh, they're about to know that. That's pretty obvious. You know, they've been in business for say six months, they've been in business for a year. Yeah, yeah. Does that does that resonate? You no, know, I was gonna
0: say because that is the theme of this podcast. That's actually gonna be the name of this podcast, which is the obvious thing. I want to talk about oh, right, obvious yeah. things, right? It's, yeah. it's something that really, really, it's important to me. But I, I need yeah. to let, let you finish.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, so you, you, people, you know, you don't know what you don't, what you don't know. And, and I can remember when I first started out in business, even though I had come from a marketing background, even though I had come from corporate land where I had been a person who made things happen, who would be a go-to person to get information? Starting my own business was so daunting. I thought all I had to do was turn up and offer what I did. Um, yeah, it is a bit of that, but there's a way that you do that. There's a way that you offer, you know, what you do and talk about it. And so when I first started working with with a coach. Um, <laughs> The questions that they asked me were questions I had never, ever, ever asked myself mm. at all. And so even by someone asking you a question actually is a form of teaching.
0: Yeah, it opens the door.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it was, I'd never thought about it. But once you get asked the question, it seems so obvious, doesn't it? It's That's so, it. And and also so I think teaching is different to that, well, who am I to be telling someone how to do something? It's it's not broadcasting. It's not going, This is how you should be doing this, and I know because I've been doing it and I earn lots of money from doing it. It's again it goes back to what I said, I think, about meeting that person where they are now. So I'll have clients who Or people you know in my audience that are thinking about leaving corporate land. So what what do I need to know? What's it really like in the first six months of your business? Um, and I'll honestly talk about that or ask questions that have you considered you know this? And I think so a great teacher is someone who will stop and ask questions, give some information, answer questions. And I think that's
0: the sign of a good teacher. Yeah. And I, another thing, another theory that I have, I really believe that people only learn. Tell me what you think of this. This is Mm. the simplest way to put it. I really believe you only learn something that you already know. Let me explain. Let me explain. Meaning... We need to be told something a few times, meaning simplifying it even further. We need reminding, and it only after a certain number of times encountering a concept, then you take it on board. Yeah, I think we already everybody already knows what to do, but we need reminding because it's buried under the avalanche of noise that we experience every day. So, that we all know what I'm saying is. All the obvious things yeah. are buried deep within us. We all know exactly because we're animals and it's not like a lion doesn't know what to do, right? Lions don't need shrinks. Lions don't need coaches. Lions know yeah. what to do. And this, in the same way, I believe humans know exactly what to do. It's, it's just buried deep within <laughs> us. And yeah, so many absolutely. of us are lost under the noise.
1: Yeah, I think sometimes as well, though, that human beings, especially at this moment, there's a lot of fear, fear of standing out, fear of being judged, fear of not being accepted. And so I think that then stops us from doing what we think are the obvious things Yes. to do. We, as human beings, we do, whether we're introverts or extroverts, we are... Community, we are groups of people out to look after each other to help each other thrive and survive and and I think so, yeah, with everything that kind of goes on around us, we're feel that we have to be constantly busy, we've got demands on our time pulling us in one direction and another. Uh, we're looking sometimes for that cookie cutter solution, that magic wand that is gonna just take away everything that's stopping us from unfurling. I like unfurling is one of my fab, fab words. I think as human beings, we are always unfurling. Um, I'm not familiar with
0: that word. I don't know that word. Unfurling,
1: yeah. Well, if you think of a plant, you know, when when it it grows, and again, this is gonna be really rubbish for a podcast. I'm gonna have to really visually describe what I mean. When you see a plant coming out of the soil and you just see this tiny little green shoot, you know, full of potential. Okay. And it grows and grows. And then it just unravels. Okay. Into its, itself. Okay. And I think I think as human beings, we we can forget that we're unraveling, that we are unfurling. We're always, there's always something that, you know, can make us better than the version of ourselves that we were yesterday. There's always something to, to learn.
0: Okay. I have a question. Do you think we're born furled or do you think we're born unfurled, but then after a certain age, you furl up, life causes you to furl up and we have to unfurl ourselves?
1: Yeah. Because I I don't think
0: kids need unfurling.
1: Yeah. Um, Oh, now <laughs> I think there's things there to help them unfurl even further um, to realize, you know, the sort of full sort of potentials to, to be confident, to learn new habits, to, you know, to sort of not sort of stop themselves. Because I think even some children do have sort of traits within them that they might feel as adults then hold them back. That could be a different podcast altogether. But I do think as, as babies we are born uh, with, with everything. You know, I think that the two sort of main fears are falling in loud noises. Everything else is then imprinted onto our brains. So you know, the minute that we open our eyes, our brain is making judgments about what's going on around us, and then in that then becomes stories that we tell ourselves, um, and that's where then the unfurling. It can happen because those stories if they're stories that hold us back that keep us stuck that put us into that you know that box then we do need help to to unfurl sometimes and and for a child as well um even a throwaway comment that they might hear from a teacher from a parent from a friend from a very early age can cause them to to go back in on themselves
0: Okay. All right. Awesome. Awesome philosophy. Uh, let's quickly talk a little bit about everyday strategy and tactics and mm. about what you do at work. So yeah. mostly you work directly with owners, is that right? Business owners.
1: Business owners, yeah. People that have, have quit the rat race, quit the day job to set up their own businesses.
0: And you said earlier that you knew, I think you said that even at like 18, 19, mm. you knew you wanted to work for yourself. Yeah. I think that's quite unusual, especially back then. I think today it's more common. Mm. But back when I was 18, 19, it didn't cross my mind. So what right. made you, what attracted uh, yeah, you to it?
1: Well, but What actually happened to me was I got caught up in the, went to school, went to work, uh, you know, sort of started on my way to having a career. 26 had a real passion to to teach to help people to teach and help them to do But well, honestly tan i had no idea uh coaching counseling wasn't a thing that was easily accessible if you wanted to retrain when i was like 26 and and that and also as well i had mindset stuff going on that i thought at 26 i was too old to retrain i was too old to venture out to start making the money that I was making it that I was making in corporate land, I wasn't clever enough to retrain, and it took me another oh golly twenty years, twenty years to bite the bullet, and that was when I um, took on coaching, NLP training, you know all that kind of good stuff before I then went part time to do my business. Um, and then obviously there's the journey of starting your business and all the obstacles that that can throw out that, that you just don't expect. So,
0: so you quit your job because of, is it because of the lack of freedom? Why did you,
1: so, yeah, why did you I want always, to quit the job? I always wanted a life that was, that gave me more choice of how I spent my time. I uh, very luckily had my, my little boy, And when he was younger, I thought, you know, I need a life. I need to create a life, find a way to create a life that I can be around my son. Now, I was very lucky to I had four years out of the the workplace to bring bring up my boy. And then I went back to work on a part-time basis. But still underneath all that was the desire to create a life on my terms, to create my one fulfilled life and I still had that ambition to to teach to train to help to coach people in some sort of shape you know shape or form.
0: Okay. After you quit how were the first few years? Did you did you set things up slowly? Was it a gradual transition or did you just quit one day and then start looking for the first client?
1: No, it was it was a very gradual thing. What I wanted to do, I mean the business that I set up you know, sort of four years ago is completely different to the business that I have now. And I think that's, that's maybe an interesting thing is that what you think you want to do, what you potentially end up doing can be pulled apart. Mm. What I wanted to do was I wanted to, four years ago, five years ago, was to coach people, to help people in any which way that I possibly could. That old... you know, belief that I can work with everyone and anyone. So I would coach everyone and anyone. And so when I set up the business, you know, my marketing was just falling on deaf ears because I wasn't being specific. I wasn't talking to a target audience. The idea of ever, ever working with business owners, absolutely no way, Jose, was I ever going to go down that route. What happened was my niche found me my niche found me, which is really bizarre. I had an office at the time and there was a a gentleman on the same floor as me. And he said, so you do coaching and, and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, do coaching and stuff. Yeah. And he said, would you help me with my business? And I was like, yeah, uh, absolutely. You know, those days where you go, yeah, say yes, and then work out a way of doing it afterwards. And it absolutely turned around his business. He was on the verge of jacking it all in. He'd been in business for 11 years and thought, I'm going to, I can't do this, I'm going to quit. And we, I just sort of went into the deep dive on him and on his business. And kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, the habits that he had were knocking him for six and so we looked at sort of different processes and different habits and different ways of doing things and so i just looked at these processes and how he did things and the goals that he wanted to achieve for his business that he wasn't what could we put in place that would enable him to do that um and yeah and, and suddenly in six months his business had turned turned around He had a clear goal, he had clear visions, he knew what actions to take, he knew exactly who his audience was he was talking to, Um, and so that's where it started, and then after that, when I was on sort of social media, the people who were contacting me to work with them were all business owners. Mm. Uh, so a client who had started a, a brand new charity, a client who had been in business for sort of three, four years, it was losing her way. And, and that's, that's how it actually came about. The, the, the audience that I really didn't want to work with, Tan, actually, it was like the universe was telling me, do you know what, Tracy, you are going to work with these people. And what we're going to do is we're going to send a boatload of them your way and you are going to help them.
0: Yes. So, all right. Last uh, couple of things before we go. So, because the theme, I'm, I'm really interested in this theme of the obvious thing. Because yeah, it, what? Because you said it before. The way you described it um, was, we're looking for the magic wand. Mm. So, and I, I'm basically for me, it's the exact same message that I'm giving, which is the actual truth. The answer that you're looking for is is obvious, you already know it and we just need reminding. Mm. It's almost, you know, and I think what, what you do and what I do, it's just we provide an external point of view and the very fact that you're external already brings something that they don't have. Just the yeah. fact that you're external, you see it from a different point of view. Yeah,
1: it's like so, teaching people to see the wood from the trees sometimes,
0: isn't it? Yeah, just looking at it from an angle that they're not seeing. Um, so I want, I want to ask you, like, can you give me one or two obvious things that you see that we can do to make our first work life better, which in turn leads to a better life? A couple of obvious things that you repeat that you find yourself noticing.
1: Obvious things. A lot of people, when they start business, they will throw themselves into getting themselves out there doing their marketing i must get clients i must get leads stop for a minute get yourself a wee cup of tea or coffee whatever your beverage of choice is and write down your vision what is it that you want what do you want and and it is so bizarre because there'll be that moment where there's just silence yes I, i don't no, and it's like, well, you know, you're one fulfilled life with your business. What do you want? What do you want it to look like? How many hours do you want to work? And so it kind of goes back to, you know, the, the, the idea of who do I need to be? What do I need to do to have what I'm after? They go straight into the doing. So marketing their business. You know, I've got to have a website. To, to do what <laughs> what is it you want that website to do for you so i think in any walk of life i would ask yourself what do you want
0: what i love want? it i love it it's yeah. so obvious and it so needs to be asked it's the most obvious question yeah. and i, I get it all the time i get it all the time if somebody wants yeah websites or videos you know And no matter how big the client, I'm really, you'd be surprised. Like no matter how big the client, I go into the meeting and then they have a video. And what does the video need to achieve? They don't necessarily have an answer. Who is this for? They don't have an answer. Their their plan has stopped at producing the video, for example. Yeah.
1: What is it you want?
0: Yeah. What's your goal? Yeah. What are you
1: aiming for? What's your vision? And, and sometimes like a li- li- lovely little exercise to do, whether it's from a business point of view or a personal point of view or a family point of view, is to just, you know, sit down and say, okay, you know, you've actually got access to a time machine. So you can pop into this little time machine and you can go six months into your future, a oh. year into your future. And, and when you think about the goal it is that you want to achieve, you know, describe everything that's going on around you as vividly and as specifically as you can. And, you know, keep keep that, keep hold of that, you know, and if it, it involves financial goals, family goals, health goals, you know, better time management goals, incorporate all that into it, be as clear, and especially your feelings, tap really into how you feel. And, you know, look at that. You know, once a week, once a day. And that helps you then to kind of keep you focused and on track on a daily basis on what it is that you are looking to achieve. And Yeah. And again, when you when you go back, we know what's inside us and we need those reminders. Yes. So if that exercise is your reminder of who you need to be, what you need to do to have that goal.
0: Then do it. I love it, and that's that was the point I was making uh, before. It's the same point, but I just made it a different way. Which was, we don't learn the first time, which is why we need reminders. So the first time you decide, you know, if you might set a really wacky goal, and then I I, I might set it right now, and then if I don't remember it, then it's gone. But then if I remember it two weeks from now, I'm oh, I set that goal, yeah, and it's still it's gone again. But then if it keeps coming back. Then I'll finally take it in.
1: Yeah. Well, one thing that I have is I've got a post-it that I have on my screen. And it says two things. It says, who can I help today? And it says one task at a time. So I am a teacher. I'm a coach, my a counselor my a guide. So everything that I do is about helping people. You know, so that post, that content that I'll create. And then that one task at a time. It's so easy for us, Tan, to be overwhelmed with modern technology. You know, we're always checking notifications. There's always something else to do. So my one at a time is you and I are having the most wonderful conversation. You are, you are it right now. You know, my mobile phone is, a, is in another, you know, another part of the office. It's over time. And And so it's you and me. And so for me, that kind of really helps me to sort of focus on one day at a time, one task at a time, and being helpful.
0: It's been enlightening and really fun talking to you, Tracy. Oh,
1: I've loved it. I'm absolutely I just don't know where the time has gone. Yeah. That (laughs) is bonkers. That is a sign of fun, that, isn't it, when time flies? Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: I'm having fun. <laughs> so I'm gonna continue reading. Blame my brain. Do you have any more <gasps> recommendations? Let's end with a few recommendations. Do you? Who are you following right now, or what are you reading right now? Is oh, there anything interesting?
1: Well, I'm actually re-reading Mark Schaefer's Known. It's a, a book that I read. Um, was it last last year, and and I think it's the kind of book, a bit like Seth's Tribes, Seth Godin's Tribes. That it, it doesn't do any harm to revisit because we're always unfurling, we're always changing. And for me, they're the kind of books that you will always find something else that will give you like an aha or a light bulb moment that you can go, yeah, again. Didn't and know I, what I didn't know, but it's it's there. It's
0: and and I love that me and you are uh, on first name terms with Seth. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr.
1: Gordon um,
0: Yeah, it's just funny yeah. that I just want to quickly tell you know this is a podcast audience, so I, I, I contacted Seth and then I told him about this article that I wrote on LinkedIn and then he came and commented <laughs> yeah. on my article and yeah. I shared that with Tracy and she was like that's all because we're both oh, Seth such Gordon a bands. good yeah it's
1: such a good article oh and, thank uh, you it, 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 and it's so true as well so you know I, I do. Yeah, you know, pop pop the link on this, and if you want to go and check it out on LinkedIn.
0: I yeah, I wrote an article about perfection, yeah. and I got it from Seth. You know, like yeah. don't just don't worry about perfection; otherwise, you'll never do anything. It Doesn't
1: exist. It doesn't exist. That's the thing, isn't it? You know, and it's perfect compared to what I, you know. It's that again. It's, it's like let's put something in a box,
0: and it stops us. It's it stops everyone just waiting for yeah. that.
1: Yeah, it's that fear of not being perfect. You know, there's so much that we put the brakes on because of a a fear, Mm. you know, and suddenly you get to, goodness gracious, you get to 50 and you go, hang on, I was 26 when I wanted to start this journey.
0: (laughs) And also another thing, um, I love that you said (sighs) rereading, because again, this this, uh, goes with my message, which is just repeating. It's all about repetition, yeah. Uh, yeah. because things we Things that
1: forget. resonate with you, things that resonate with you, and I, always, I sometimes feel a bit strange when someone says, "Oh, can you recommend a book?" And it's like it might be the best book I've ever ever read, but to them, it's like oh, it just really doesn't hit the mark at all. So I think you know, just you know, just see what's out there as well. You know, see what actually floats your boat.
0: Yes. All right. Well, we need to do this again, Tracy.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Tan. I've loved it. It's been absolutely fabulous.
0: Thank you. And I'll see you next time.
1: Thanks so much.
0: Okay, that was Tracy Tate. Thanks again, Tracy, for a lovely chat. And thanks for teaching me a new word, unfurling. It's a word I've never come across before, but I'm sure I'll be using it again in the future. Okay. That's it from me this week. Thank you for listening. I'm Tan Le and please join me again next time.